0: coming now you come it's blowing now you now 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 when it breathe shout scream let it out let
1: it out the government apparently doesn't understand how Facebook works. That's what happened at the Zuckerberg hearings, which I have to cover a little bit of today. Also, there was one comment during the Pompeo hearing that made me think that these hearings are just a little, a tad ridiculous, and I'll explain why. And then we're going to look at Syria, our foreign policy, and why are people so quick to rush to war? All this and more is coming up. This is fritzcast It is happy Friday, April 13th. Wait a minute, it's April 13th. Thir- it's Friday the 13th. We should be fine though, we should be good There shouldn't be anything bad happening on Friday the 13th I mean, you know, it's just, it's a myth I don't, I don't know why you people get hung up on Things like Friday the 13th It wasn't even that good of a movie Alright, it was terrible Alright, terrible 80's horror flicks That were that never were good Never were good Alright, just go back and watch them now And tell me that they were good Halloween was good Friday the 13th, meh Every Jason movie ever made pfft, Hate it Dumb, stupid Just in personal opinion I don't care for them They're not scary, they're stupid And everybody in those movies act stupid Which is why I don't much care for them And why they've never cracked top box office anything ever So we'll be fine, it's Friday the 13th, I'm off work It's a beautiful day outside, it's a little cloudy But uh, according to my what the forecast at least anyway It's not supposed to rain or anything, it's supposed to be sunny We'll see about that, but I'm going to spend some time outside today. I've got these two Ashton cigars that I haven't been able to smoke in forever. I bought them before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was going to smoke them then. I don't know why I didn't, but they're, uh, they're Ashton uh, cabinet number eight. So, yeah, I'm going to smoke those. One of those, at least. Anyway, I'm going to enjoy it, too. I'm going to have a... Big old glass of Jack Daniels 1960s Master Distiller Edition, too. So, if you don't like that, I mean, you can join the fun. It's an open invite if, if, if you hear this in time. If you're hearing it on Sunday, it's not an open invite anymore. It's a closed invite. It was a party and you missed it. So, I hope everybody was doing well this past week. Again, busy week for me. Uh, my flooring got delayed by a week. Kind of ticking me off, kind of irking me. Thanks, Home Depot. You know, thanks, Home Depot. Really. So uh, my my laminate floor panels, they're, they're not going to be in until sometime like the 17th, I think. I don't even know what today is, the 13th. So yeah, sometime next week, uh, which I'm working another chunk of overtime, and then I'm going to take a break for a while and just do whatever overtime they force me to do. Which, by the way, brings me to uh, an article that's posted on Delaware Online, if you want to read up on that situation. Uh, Delaware Online, it's not the best source for reading material, I'll I'll admit that at first. But um, if you look up the article, uh, titled DOC Overtime on Track to Surpass $30 Million This Year with No Sight of Ending Forced Overtime, which is a, a big ongoing issue in... The state of Delaware But not, not only the state of Delaware If you go on Corrections 1 If you go on to uh, law enforcement uh, news websites Or anything of that nature You will see From All the way from Delaware on the East Coast To California on the West Coast And everywhere in between Prisons in America Are A. Overpopulated There's, there's a large incarcerated population And B. They're understaffed Because those populations keep increasing Which is why That My job, my job helped lead me on the path to libertarian ideals and libertarian leanings. Because after about a year working in my job, I said, oh, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way to go about handling this. And that's when I learned things. You learn things about incarceration. There's only two ways you learn about things that happen in a prison. All right? Two ways. Number one... You either work it, or know somebody who works it, or B, you know somebody, or were incarcerated yourself. That's it. That's the only way people actually care about what goes on behind prison walls. You either have somebody working it, or you have somebody in there. That's it. Everybody else, they don't bat an eye on it. They don't even think about it because most of the the, the most American stance you see is, is is lock them up and let them rot in jail. Which, by the way, does not work. And I've talked about this numerous times, and I'll keep talking about it even after I move on to other ventures, other lines of work. It doesn't matter. Because I've been in there, I've seen it, I've lived it, and I know that, guess what, America? When you say, we're going to lock them up so that they're not a problem anymore, all you did was transfer the problem. That's all you did. That's all you did was transfer the problem. Not to mention the fact of how many victimless crimes there are, you know, non-violent drug offenses there are that could clear out some of the prisons, could cut down prison populations probably by about fifteen to twenty percent. I'm realistic. I'm realistic when I talk about it. I'm not that type of libertarian who's like, there wouldn't be anybody in jail if we just got rid of the drug war and the drug laws. There would still be a lot of people in jail. A lot of people murder people. It happens. Some of it might be linked to drugs or stem from the drug war. I don't know. I don't know those statistics. But there would still be douchebags. There would still be people locked up because they raped, they murdered, they strong-armed robbed, they violated the rights of another person, which is a big libertarian thing. Don't violate my rights. It's this non-aggression principle wrapped up into it that you can't use aggression for compliance and 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 things like that. There's still if you're a libertarian, there's not it's not a there's no such thing as prison because there are people that violate other people's rights. That's the that's the crux that we're looking for. That's the that's the qualifier that we're looking for when it comes to those things. We're looking for somebody's rights to have been violated, somebody else's right or life to have been violated, their right, their life, their property, whatever. And guess what? There's there's a number of people in prison. I'll admit it, as somebody who works behind prison walls, there's a number of people in prison who didn't do any of those things, and it just doesn't make sense to have them sitting behind walls. As somebody who works those walls, when when, my, when I hear people bring up things about education and programming... Idle time is the devil's hands, and you've got nefarious people in jail. You do. If you take nonviolent people and throw them in jail with a bunch of nefarious people, especially in a unified system where there are no, like, turnkeys or county lockups or holdings like that, you just, all you're doing, it's pretty idiotic. You're, bre- you're breeding violent, you're letting violent guys and re- true nefarious people breed new people because they'll prey on people. There's this whole thing called prison subculture. It's fascinating to read and study. And what's more fascinating is that this is stuff that the government knows uh, because it's been research compiled because it's an issue that they deal with, yet they can't find a good solution for it. And I've always said from day one, from starting my job, don't send me somebody addicted to drugs and that's it. Like... They're addicted to drugs, and that's the only thing they did. You caught them with some addictive drug. They didn't strong-arm rob. They didn't break into somebody's house. They didn't do anything. They just had a drug that is classified as illegal, and you arrested them for it and threw them in jail and said that they need help. Because guess what? We can't provide it. We really can't provide that. It's a big, long, complicated subject that I'm sure one day I'll expound on heavily when I feel more comfortable doing so. But that's a story to read, and that's you know part of the reason why my time gets eaten up throughout the week at work is because instead of per se allowing more forced overtime to go on, I'm taking some voluntary overtime to try to cut back on it. That's what a lot of us are trying to do. But at some point, you just you get to this point where I mean, 16 hours in that kind of an environment with that kind of staffing level. With that kind of culture and and that all that stuff going on, at some point you just get a little fed up and you're like, I need a break. I need a break so I'm only going to work my shifts. They'll probably force me to do an extra shift a week or whatever. And even that, eat, even that eats at you at that point because you're like, I just – I don't even want to do it. You don't even want to do it. And so it, it's it, it creates this very nasty culture. That's hard to combat against Because there's no easy fix to it It's a multifaceted thing That needs to be approached on multiple levels And that's what I push for That's what I talk to my state reps for When I say I sat down with Anthony Del Colo And I talked about this last year When I sat down with him My state senator all right, For District 7 here in, in Delaware When I sat down with him He sat down with me for an hour and a half over coffee Me, Joe somebody just one of his constituents and talked exclusively about an issue that needs to be addressed and that's something that I bring up to him all the time and he's work, he's working on a multifaceted approach so between that eating up a lot of my time my flooring not being here which is just it's 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 increasingly frustrating that I can't put this uh, floor paneling down. I mean, I hate, like I love going in there and looking at the subfloor and going, man, I did a good job. And my wife did too. I'm going to give my wife credit. She helped, obviously. We did a great job. But it sucks because I'm stuck. I can't move on to the next room until I finish that room, move the next room into that room, and then I can begin the next room. That's why it's frustrating. Just Just a little bit. It's a little frustrating, if you know what I mean. So, we'll see how that one goes. Hopefully next week I can tell you and like post stupid goofy videos about how the, you know about the progress I made and make myself feel, you know, accomplished. That being said, even though I was busy this past week, I did catch a lot, and I mean a lot of the information that happened this past week, starting with the Syria incident. Uh, the chlorine gas attack that happened in Syria And uh, forgive me if I'm wrong If it's not a chlorine gas attack It was a gas attack in, in any case It was an attack in Syria That killed uh, at least 40 people Including families found in their homes and shelters Opposition activists and local rescuers Stated uh, just last Sunday uh, Some of the material I'm reading was Is articles dated from the 8th, 9th, you know, 10th The last couple of days um, the attack was on the besieged town of Duma that came exactly a year, exactly, almost exactly a year after a chemical attack in the northern Syrian town of Khan that killed dozens of people. Back a year ago, that's when we launched several dozen Tomahawk cruise missiles and destroyed roughly 20% of a Syrian air base. We, we barely even caused a ding. A year ago in doing it It's as if we just slung missiles over there To say, hey, we can drop bombs Which I'm not sure Helped or hurt At all um, The ide- uh, the the article I'm reading here Is from CBS News Says that the substance used was not identified um, But the Civil Defense Organization Also known as the White Helmets And the Syrian American Medical Society Believe It was chlorine gas. Um, They could not be independently verified because government blockade around the town. Uh, Hours after the attack, the Army of Islam rebel group agreed to surrender the town and evacuate their fighters to rebel-held northern Syria, Syrian state media reported. The group also agreed to give up its prisoners, a key demand of the government. The government agreed to halt its assault after three days of indiscriminate air and ground attacks. Quote, There's nothing left for civilians and fighters, we don't have anything to stand for, said Haytham Bakar, an opposition activist inside the town. He spoke to the Associated Press via WhatsApp. Quote, people are now now going out in the streets looking for their loved ones in the rubble, and we don't have any space left to bury them. Uh, Almost the next day, immediately following this action... A bombing raid on several Iranian-controlled posts happened in Syria. And if you took to Twitter, there was mass speculation and rumors that it was the United States doing it, supposedly from, supposedly Tomahawk cruise missiles from aircraft, from, from Navy forces uh, in the region, until, that is, the DOJ... Well, not the DOJ, but that is until the Pentagon came out and said, "We're not holding any military action out there. And then it was discovered that it was the Israeli Air Force carrying out those. Donald Trump has President Donald Trump, excuse me, um, has gone back and forth on Twitter talking about the response that he'll that he'll take because of Russia backing Assad, and Assad doing these crazy things to his people, these, these inhumane, barbaric things. However, two things I want to note about this. Number one, the attack that happened last year that is pinned and blamed on Assad, we've come out, uh, U.S. intelligence agencies have come out saying that there is no definitive evidence that last year's attack was under Assad's ...order and his regime. And guess what? This one? Also, no evidence. It is merely speculation. And guess what? If you need further proof of the mess of Syria... ...just type in Syria Control Map 2018... ...and you can see the, the all the different factions that are fighting in Syria. So when you tell me something like Assad is bombing his own people... You will see all the different controls and all the different groups from the Assad regime, the rebel regime, ISIS, Iran-controlled forces. You will see all these different breakdowns. And guess what? Everybody in the world, Russia's back in one, we're back in one, the CIA is back in a group of rebels. There's so much chaos, it's hard to decipher it. But think about this. When Obama was president, when President Obama was controlling this, there was, quote, assurance that chemical weapons had been destroyed. Listen to these media reports from the Obama era. And this video collection was uh, put together by the Free Beacon, and it ranges from 2014 all the way up until just last year in 2017.
2: I think ultimately that President Obama is the big winner here. He is a big, big
3: winner in my estimation. It turns out we're getting chemical weapons out of Syria without having initiated a strike. So what else are you talking about? We have we got
4: the We've got the chemical weapons.
2: We're getting the chemical weapons out of Syria. Well, uh, Chris, all you have to do is look at the fact that today the final eight percent of chemical weapons uh, were taken out of Syria.
3: We should commend the administration for the result that they got. The removal of chemical weapons out of Syria is a substantial accomplishment.
2: We certainly worked with them in Syria to uh, to bring all the chemical weapons out
0: of
4: Syria. We struck a deal where we got 100% of the chemical weapons out. 100% of the declared chemical weapons out of Syria. We kept
3: chemical weapons or got chemical weapons out of the area.
2: We got,
4: as you know, last year, all the chemical weapons out of Syria uh no small feat
3: Syria eliminating its chemical weapons and ultimately
2: having been destroyed by the international community
0: Syria would still have a, a declared chemical weapons stockpile right now they don't right now Bashar al-Assad does not have a declared chemical weapons stockpile we removed that declared chemical weapons stockpile and we destroyed that declared chemical weapons stockpile which means that Bashar al-Assad can't use those chemical weapons against his own people
4: and the purpose of the strike was to get the chemical weapons out of syria weapons of mass destruction are taken out of the zone of conflict and thank god we did that we are making real progress in iraq and syria and i mean real progress if russia can help us and it is right now russia has helped bring about the iran nuclear agreement russia helped get the chemical weapons out of syria the destruction of the syrian chemical weapons stockpile
0: i would have i think made a bigger mistake If I had said, yeah, chemical weapons, uh, that doesn't really change my calculus.
1: Now that's what we've been hearing. That's what the news told us. That's what our former leaders told us. Who was lying? Who was lying or who was wrong? Where did the intelligence fail? Because clearly, The belief that chemical weapons were out of Syria, I mean, when I heard it then, I thought it was a stupid notion to say that you knew for a fact that they were gone. Considering how many different players they are, please refer back to the map of Syria. So who was lying to us? Or where did the mistakes happen? That's a big question. That's a big question. And this is why I increasingly become skeptical of everything anymore. Because a healthy dose of skepticism all around sometimes helps uncover these things. And it takes away being naive. And it takes away being falsely positive or just trying to strike up a good image and now we have Donald Trump Donald Trump in 2013-2014 constantly tweeting about President Obama don't bomb Syria without congressional authority don't go to war without congressional authority and now, now Trump is just President Trump Completely 180. Completely, maybe I'll bomb Syria today, maybe I'll bomb it tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm not going to bomb it at all, though, and I'm, not gonna, I'm definitely not going to tell you when I would bomb it. Nikki Haley, addressing the U.N., said this.
2: Russia's obstructionism will not continue to hold us hostage when we are confronted with an attack like this one. The United States is determined to see the monster who dropped chemical weapons on the Syrian people held to account. You have heard what the President of the United States has said about this. Meetings are ongoing. Important decisions are being weighed even as we speak. We are on the edge of a dangerous precipice. The great evil of chemical weapons use that once unified the world in opposition is on the verge of becoming the new normal. The international community must not let this happen. We are beyond showing pictures of dead babies. We are beyond appeals to conscience. We have reached the moment when the world must see justice done.
1: Now I hope everybody realizes that America, American interventionalism and nation building and regime change hasn't worked out so hot for that region. It doesn't take somebody reading a textbook or looking at uh, any news information from 2004 and on to realize that uh, the steps that were made may have in fact been a mistake. That's not to belittle the soldiers of ours that were sent to fight that war. It's not to belittle them, their cause, or what they're owed. But it should have made us think a little harder. It definitely should make us think a lot harder now. I would play you the Tucker Carlson Carlson clips. But I don't want to just make this a clip-fest show, especially because I haven't even gotten into the next segment. (laughs) But in all honesty... Why aren't we slowing down? What we, like? Wh- why aren't we reanalyzing this? There was a guy on Twitter. He's at GM Corioli. C O R I O L I, who posted a series of Glenn Beck clips. These are these are very short ones, and just just listen to it. It's eerie. Just listen to it. Not one
0: more life. Not one more life. Not one more dollar, not one more airplane, not one more bullet, not one more marine, not one more arm or leg or eye. Not one more. The people of Iraq have got to work this out themselves. Our days of being the world's policemen Our days of interventionalists is over. If we are directly attacked, so be it. But this must end now. But after all of that, hundreds of thousands of lives, two trillion dollars, the best minds in the world trying to do it, it's about to fall apart. Terrorists of the most radical kind, maybe the most radical we have witnessed since Nazis, now poised to overrun the capital city. All of our effort, all of our sacrifices, all of it, gone. There were also atrocities that were happening in Iraq. There were torture chambers. There were mass graves. And at the time, the unanimous belief... Even with Hillary Clinton and everybody else, the unanimous belief was that he had weapons of mass destruction. There was also the element, and this really is what spoke to me, of being bring, bringing freedom to the people of Iraq for the first time in their long history. I don't want to control Iraq. I don't want anything to do with it. But I do have a soft spot for people who are being tortured and and just want freedom. In spite of the things that I felt at the time when we went into war, liberals said we shouldn't get involved. They said we shouldn't get mired in another foreign mess. We shouldn't nation build. And besides, there was no indication that the people of Iraq um, had the will to be free. I thought that was insulting at the time. Everybody wants to be free. They said we couldn't force freedom on people. You know what? Let me lead with my mistakes. You're right. Liberals, you were right we shouldn't have let me ask you this question what good will one more life do to waste one more life what 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 good will it do to waste another dollar let alone another trillion and conservatives are is there one that believes this president will prosecute a new war in iraq properly when the biggest hawk of them all, we were told, the Darth Vader of the, of the entire Galactic Empire, Dick Cheney and George Bush didn't prosecute it right. No. In the end, the result will be the same. Another group of radicals will pop up again. It's like a never-ending game of whack-a-mole over there. And the only way to prevent Baghdad from being overrun eventually is to stay there and to continue to fight this militarily in perpetuity. Are you willing to do that? That you have said everything that you have said about it's going to fall apart in the end was right. Everything I said that we could hold it together was wrong. We need to pull out end this long nightmarish involvement in this mess We need to do the same in Afghanistan once and for all.
1: Tell me that that isn't eerie. Tell me that that isn't profound. Tell me if that isn't history repeating itself to the T, not even 15 years later. Something to think about. Something to think about, because right now, with Syria, it has been a bloody conflict. It's been a bloody conflict. Nobody wants that to go on. Nobody wants what's happening in Syria to happen. But it's happening, and whose job is it to fix it? And yes, nobody wants to see children dying. Nobody wants to see gas dropped on people. Nobody wants to see people suffocating to death. In their own home No less And that is what it is It is a home Or at least it was a home One point To those people And really stepping back And analyzing it critically Made me rethink things about Syrian refugee crises And everything else that was going on in that region now is not the time for bold proclamations. Now is not the time to say, well, America will step in and fix the problem. Because we've been doing that for quite a while, and and it just has not worked out. It has not worked out. And consider this, uh, we just had hearings uh, questioning CIA Director Mike Pompeo for his Secretary of the State nomination. And this is what Rand Paul asked him, and this was Mike Pompeo's Answer to uh, it. Thanks
4: for your testimony and thanks for uh, going through this uh, grueling enterprise and your willingness to serve the country. Um you t- discussed with Senator Kane a little bit about whether or not the president has the authority to bomb Assad's forces or installations in Syria. And you mentioned historically, well, we have done it in the past. I don't think that's a complete enough answer. I mean, my question would be, do you think it's constitutional? Does the president have the constitutional authority to bomb <clears throat> Assad's forces? Does he have the authority absent congressional action to bomb Assad's forces or installations?
3: Senator, as I, I think I said to Senator Kane, I'm, I'm happy to repeat my, my view on this. Uh, those decisions are waiting every place we can. We should work alongside Congress to get that. But yes, I believe the president has the domestic authority to do that. I don't think, I don't think that has been disputed by Republicans or Democrats throughout an extended period of time
4: actually it's disputed mostly by our founding fathers who believe they gave that authority to congress and actually they're uniformly opposed to the uh, executive branch having that power in fact madison wrote very specifically he said the executive branch is the branch most prone to war therefore we have with studied care vested that authority in the legislature so the fact that we have in the past done this doesn't make it constitutional and i would say that i take objection to the idea that the president can go to war when he wants where he wants
1: that should be food for thought. Now, the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the congressional hearings with Mark Zuckerberg, um, Mark Zuckerface uh, from from Facebook. He, uh, if you didn't know, Zuckerberg, first and foremost, is uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. If you don't know, um, he's a lizard person, and or I am starting to believe, I am more under the belief that he is a robot sent back in time by Skynet to safeguard its. Uh, Building and its existence Through Judgment Day That's my theory on Mark Zuckerberg no, no, but we had these Congressional hearings With Mark Zuckerberg over data Over data protection Of the American people Which is laughable that a bunch of people In the, the Senate In the Congress would, would, would question And grill a guy For his mishandling of data When the government collects as much data on you as possible all the time and does shady things like toss the Fourth Amendment out the window and try to gain the right to parse the information that they gather on you whenever they want, however they want, without a warrant and and, and all that jazz. All that business. All All that stuff out there. That is, um, I mean, A, that's laughable. But B, what was really laughable is Mark Zuckerberg, who's a thirty one year old man, was going in there, being treated as a child, uh, and all the old people who don't know how Facebook works essentially were asking him how Facebook worked. But I find it what, what I find it truly funny is that this is a Senate hearing. These are senators, congressmen, these these are men and women who are in leadership in our country that are gathered around, and that summit specifically was over data management. It was over the Cambridge Analytica data breach and how data got out. And what does it turn into? Ah, shock and surprise, a pissing contest. A pissing contest in which people bring up subjects that are completely unrelated to the material, such as, for example, and I'm not playing audio clips now because I've played enough audio clips for you, I think. Um... Ted Cruz bringing up censorship against conservatives. Uh, Diamond and Silk were mentioned several times, over and over. Diamond and Silk are the uh, Diamond and Silk are the two African American women who are Trump supporters, who got canned off of Facebook because of quote unquote bullying or whatever. People are asking about the algorithms and do the algorithms censure censor political speech? And then it went into another wide turn about. Facebook being involved in political processes and if is it snuffing out certain voices and things of that nature which was not what the summit was about I love when we call like a work meeting for example and we're talking about changes in the workplace uh, in terms of safety and security and then people are bringing up things like bathroom access or parking parking needs to be addressed uh, because the parking situation is terrible here you hear things like that that are so left field, the the, the the things at the meetings where you just wish you could stand up and tell people shut up. This isn't this isn't what this is about right now. Um The one bit that came out of it that was semi unrelated to user data came from Ben Sass and that clip I will play real quick.
3: The line, the conceptual line between mere tech company, mere tools, and an actual content company, I think it's really hard. I think you guys have a hard challenge. I think regulation over time will have a hard challenge. Um, And you're a private company, so you can make policies uh, that may be uh, less than First Amendment full spirit embracing, in my view. But I worry about that. I worry about a world where when you go from violent groups to hate speech in a hurry in one of your responses to one of the opening questions um, you may decide or Facebook may decide it needs to police a whole bunch of speech um, that I think America might be better off not having policed by one company that has a really big and powerful platform can you define hate speech senator I think that this is a really hard question and I think it's one of the reasons why we struggle with it there are certain definitions that that we that we have around um, you know, calling for, for violence or- um... Let's just agree on that. If somebody's calling yeah. for violence, we, that shouldn't be there. I'm worried about the psychological categories around speech. You, you used language of safety and protection earlier. We see this happening on college campuses all across the country. It's dangerous. Forty percent of Americans under age 35 tell pollsters they think the First Amendment is dangerous because you might use your freedom to say something that hurts somebody else's feelings. Guess what? There are some really passionately held views about the abortion issue on this panel today. Can you imagine a world uh, where you might decide that pro-lifers are prohibited from speaking about their abortion views on your content on your platform? I certainly would not want that to be the case. But it it might really be unsettling to people who've had an abortion to have an open debate about that, wouldn't it? It might be, but I don't think that that would would fit any of the definitions of of what we have. But I do generally agree with the point that you're making, which is as as we're able to technologically shift towards especially having AI proactively look at content, I think that that's going to create massive questions for society about what obligations we want to require companies to, to fulfill. And, and I do think that that's a question that uh, we need to struggle with as a country, because I know other countries are, and they're putting laws in place. And I, I think that America needs to uh, figure out and create the set of principles that we want American companies to operate under. Thanks. I I wouldn't want you to leave here today and think there's sort of a unified view in the Congress that you should be moving toward policing more and more and more speech. I think violence has no place on your platform. Uh, Sex traffickers and human traffickers have no place on your platform. But vigorous debates, adults need to engage in vigorous debates.
1: That one I'll agree with. And and this ties into the whole uh, hearing for the Facebook thing, too. The reason that the government had a hearing over this Facebook issue is always a push for heavier government control in an area. I want people to realize the internet is something that you pay for right now, at least anyway. There are people out there pushing for it to be a basic, essential human right. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I haven't been sold on the internet being a human rights issue. Um, I just haven't. I understand it's a big part of our society. It plays a big role in, in in daily lives and in business and all that. I'm just not entirely sold that it's a human right thing. So you, internet is something that you pay for, a commodity that you pay for. Everything that's on the internet is at your own risk. You have to get virus protection. You have to be wary of what websites are going on and what websites you're using, especially ones that let you use it for free. See, you as a Facebook user, you're not really... You're not really a, a, a consumer on Facebook. It's offered to you for free. And it was offered to you for free on the guys that Facebook makes enough money off of ad revenue. And so they came up with a system that profiles you to feed you ads that are relevant to you. And it just does that by combing through all the data on your cell phone and computers of everything that you ever looked at ever. That's, 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 that's it. That's it. And it was in the user agreement that you were giving up that data. The the thing that people were fighting against with the Cambridge Analytica thing is that a third party app that could be downloaded by people they were giving up your information in the user terms and agreements and this all boils down to the fact that people didn't read user agreements and terms and some companies violated that trust and Facebook violated that trust does that mean that we call upon the government to come in and regulate Facebook for us a a platform in which we freely decide to engage in on our own merit, and we don't pay for, and we can freely leave at any time. And that's the only real way to cripple Facebook, by the way, is just to up and leave. But then comes the sketchy parts of they can still get your data, even if you're not on Facebook. It still gathers your data sometimes. Data gathering and analysis. Now, Ben Sass's bit about free speech, the thing I talk about that is because Facebook, Google... Amazon, some of the top companies, they're all in on the artificial intelligence market. And artificial intelligence being able to, you know, they've touted this, being able to pick up on hate speech and just crack down on it before it's even posted. And Ben Sass brings up a good point. What is hate speech? How can we define it? And at what level do we define it? Because guess what? The AI will be taught that by human beings. The AI will be taught what is hate speech, and that is how it will base it. So whoever's in control of that AI might have massive control of the internet. And that is a good point to bring up. But how much government regulation is needed there, I don't know. But I'm always skeptical of the government intervening anyway. So if you have time to comb through, I actually listen to some of the... some of These Senate hearings are hours and hours and hours long. They can become very boring very quick. Uh, and... That's why it's important to seek out new sources That you know and that you trust And that you know have a reputation Because some of them can boil down To some of the more meat and potatoes The more important things The, the things that stand out Like Ben Sass's comment there um, But the rest of it was kind of a joke The rest of it was kind of a joke The, the, the Facebook hearings With uh, Mark Zuckerface um, But check it out if you have the time very interesting. Check out the Mike Pompeo hearings as well, if you have the time, or find your trusted news source and get the fat from it. Uh, both very important things. Now, Syria, that, that that dominated most of the talk today, and rightfully so, because we are so at the brink. Like It's not just going in and solving serious problems. It'll be a proxy war against Russia and the other players there, and tensions are very, very high right now and increasingly getting higher By the day and it's important to look at that it's important to think before we act think before we act guys that'll do it for me today I'm getting ready to uh, bust out whatever house chores and and housework I got to do before I can sit down and relax and enjoy my day off uh, to some extent at least anyway so I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to catching up on some of my podcasts, like, for example, shout out to my buddies, Political Otters. I want you guys to check those guys out on Twitter and Facebook, Political Otters. Very interesting podcast. I like anything that promotes discussion and has interesting angles and views, and they definitely do. Uh, I haven't updated my blog yet. I'm getting ready to roll out another blog post soon, so keep your eyes peeled on fritzcast.wordpress.com. On Twitter, you can follow me at FritzQS, F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S, and Facebook.com slash the FritzCast, even though we're casting shade on Facebook right now because they are shady people. I'll be addressing you guys next week. Until then, enjoy your time. I'm Fritz, and this has been FritzCast. Do me a favor, like, share, and comment. Do your thing on the internet. Love you all.